0: I can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 30th of August, 2011. For newcomers, I suggest you look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and go into the archive section you'll find hundreds of audios which will help you piece the big picture of the control system of the world together. And uh, I give you lots of names of books and People who worked in corporations, and some of them you know, in fact, some of the corporations you actually know, like the CFR, Royal Institute of International Affairs, and all the, the various groups that worked with them towards this world government, because the Royal Institute of International Affairs, you see, were the guys who came up with the idea for world governments, and they took that over from their old name, which was called the Milner Group. And the road society. So they put it together into a royal issue of international affairs and decided to go ahead. It sounds better, really, royal institute. It's like, it's got a royal charter to exist. actually does have for world governments, but a new kind of governments run by experts in academia right down to the bottom level. So you can't even grow a veggie or even pick a veggie without experts okaying it, first of all, with it for a small fee and telling you how to pick it and probably how to cook it as well. And that's the kind of society you're going into because they believe that they've made a big leap forward at the top, all the superior people who obviously are loaded with cash today because of the superior selection of uh, their mates, basically, who are also loaded with cash. And like Russell said a long time ago, eventually they'll become a separate species from the rest of the public. And and that's what's basically happened. They, They certainly believe they have. Remember, 2 you're the audience that bring me to you, so you can help me keep going along by donations or buying the books and discs I have for sale at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Some of the discs have 40 or more shows on them or broadcasts, and uh, you'll see it all at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. From the U.S. to Canada, you can use uh, your personal check to Canada. still works. You can use an international postal money order from the U.S. to Canada. You can use in cash, and you can also use PayPal. Look at the com site, and you'll see uh, the donation button there, and how to order or donate. It's all written down, hopefully in uh, easy English for you all. And as I say, that'll keep me going, maybe a little while longer, because as things get worse out there, I know darn well, lots of people are losing their jobs. And lots more are finding it harder to keep up and have extra cash to spend on anything. That's the idea of austerity. Austerity means eventually you'll spend all of your your excess cash that you have at the end of the week or the month on necessities, bare necessities. I mean bare necessities and fees and extra energy bills because that's how they're going to bring you into this new system. Most will float through it. People are already adapting as we adapt to everything as Darwin said, we're the most adaptable species on the planet. Therefore, those who understand the sciences of the human mind, especially the, the conglomeration of the general public, uh, they can certainly bring you to, into a state where you don't accept anything. And you'll be in it before you even know most folk float through life, they don't think things through as they're happening. Uh, they almost are hypnotized in a sense, especially if they watch a lot of TV. And if they watch television, they will be hypnotized all the way through it until it's all quite normal. And they're left with bitching to each other, as always, about what's happened. And, oh, this is terrible, somebody should do something about that. All the usual stuff, because they're not willing to get involved and uh, pressure the governments, which they certainly could do. People used to take to the streets by the thousands, even in the anti-nuclear protests. Mind you, they were all managed by the big foundations and thousands of NGOs. But folk did get on the streets with their banners and go to their parliaments or to their main parliamentary buildings with their children and all. And you don't see any of that anymore at all, do you? Because they're not authorized to protest. The wars are going on right now to bring in democracy, you know. Uh, with a big slaughter at the, at the beginning of it. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. We're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, talking about Basically, the the news that's dished out to us, and you have to be careful of what's dished out because you understand the the geopolitics or the science of geopolitics, and people like Brzezinski's and many, many more like them and younger ones too over the years and these big, high-level secretive uh, groups plan the world as far as warfare and strategy goes uh, like a chessboard. And after this country goes that country, goes that country, goes that country, all done sometimes 40 years before they eventually start the first move. And they know exactly where they're going. And the Kissinger's, as I say, and Brzezinski's of these worlds, this world tends to, uh, they teach an awful lot of young people put it that way. We'll never see them because they're, they're high up there in secretive organizations. But they have put out little bits in their books over the years that's, uh, okay to, to to get an idea, and understanding of what they're about, basically. And they're quite confident, these people, when they talk at meetings, the Bilderberger meetings or the CFR meetings. They're quite confident in in their big plans. It must be strange to be a person like that, where you can sit and plan strategies for takedowns of countries like dominoes, and knowing how it will affect the next country, the next country, and then being in on the soft groups, the soft the attacks that they have for soft groups. Soft groups, or sometimes they call them actors, is soft power, the color revolutions that they're trained in in the West, and they go over and penetrate a country, and and then they they either sit as sleepers or they get into universities and start teaching revolution from within, hoping to bring down countries uh, and get rid of their dictators or whoever happens to be their chief. And, uh, and if that fails, of course, uh, they bring in the hard power. And the flyover, by the way, they actually call soft power, even that's included in the soft power, the, the no-fly zones. But you have to be so careful with, with the stuff that's put up to the newspapers because these are handouts from these guys that do the geopolitics. And you have to be so, so careful. And then you have to be careful about the ones that attack them, uh, even in the patriot community, because there's a lot of plants in there too. There's a lot of plants in there, too, when you connect them together. Uh, because people have different ideas of how this new world order should be. And we know for a fact that the banks def- have no problem backing what you think of as a left-wing and a right-wing, because it's, it's a convergence of both. It's a dialectic. Eventually, they come on the same road. And we've seen enough of socialism under, under communistic rule or, or Sovietized rule for, uh, in our lifetimes. They certainly don't want that because that falls in with the agenda of socialism, uh, the, the kind that the Fabian society talk about still and actually implement of, again, the expert-running society, where academia and experts will literally run your lives from cradle to grave. So it's very little you can actually take at face value, and sometimes you, you have to be careful about what you're actually reading. Here's an example, for instance. This example here says... CIA censors a 9-11 book, a new 9-11 book. And it says, One former FBI agent is finding out firsthand that freedom of speech isn't something guaranteed to every American. Colleagues at the CIA are keeping him from printing some of his own personal accounts in an upcoming book about the 9-11 attacks. The book's called The Black Banners, the inside story of 9-11 and the war against al-Qaeda. Now, we know al-Qaeda was nonsense because... At the beginning of it all, even the head, the chiefs at uh, MI6 in Britain, right after when the towers came down, the same day or the next day, they talked about this. They knew, they knew every every intelligence agency knew these towers were coming down, and they and they didn't understand why the U.S. wouldn't listen. But well, known now it was part of the agenda to kick off the new American century. And uh, but they still hang on to the same stuff. So here we have Al Qaeda uh, again and. Um, Ali H. Sufan wants to right to the Central Intelligence Agency could have had a chance at keeping the September 11 terror attacks from happening. Sufan says the CIA knew about two of the hijackers involved in the al-Qaeda plot, and while that information might have been of great interest to the FBI, the Central Intelligence Agency withheld the crucial information. Now, we know for a fact that the guys who were supposedly on that the plane that went to the towers, some of them were actually working uh, and learning to fly aircraft at a CIA installation. And we find that most of them, in fact, were from Saudi Arabia, which is great buddies with the U.S. But afterwards, of course, they mush it all up and, and they create this, this the vague... I mean, Al-Qaeda was, a, was an, uh, an organization loosely knit of different organizations that were set up to fight the communists, set up by the CIA. Anyway, specifically, Soufan says that the CIA had detailed information on 9-11 hijacker Abu Zabayada as early as January 2000, but neglected to act on it. Also in his memoir, Soufan writes detailed accounts of CIA interrogation tactics that he saw brutally executed firsthand by agents, which were unnecessary and counterproductive. The agency is asking the author to remove the pronouns I and me from that chapter as if to discredit his personal accounts from specific incidents. Unfortunately, Sufan's stories might never make it to print if the CIA has her say. The former agent says he's been told to take a key parts from his tales, and he believes it isn't, uh, it isn't because of the national security scare, but because the CIA doesn't want to be reflected poorly to the public, as if that was even possible. But anyway, regardless, if you look through it too, he's still saying that these are a bunch of uh, illiterate people from a far-off country they brought down the tower. So, is it genuine or not? Ours, it put out there again to make it seem more genuine. The whole, the original story. So you, you'll never know. You'll never know because both sides are at it. You know, they're all at it, and they're all giving different versions. But the fact is, as far as I could see, those things went down. Like in demolition, goes down, and lots agree with that. And here's another one too. The BBC again, and it says, uh, "United Nations Libya plans revealed in a report." And it says uh, a document which appears to outline UN plans for post-conflict Libya calls for up to 200 military observers and 190 UN police to help stabilize the country. The website Inner City Press, which follows UN Affairs, published the report which it said had been leaked. It was apparently written by a special team assigned by Secretary General Ban Ki-moon to draw up recommendations for the UN's new role in Libya. However, the UN has not confirmed its authenticity. I wonder when they drew it up. It would definitely be before they attacked it. The report appears to be an internal planning document that could serve as the basis for a new UN mandate in Libya. It suggests a UN mission with a core staff of 61 civilians for an initial three month period to help Libyan rebels organize a peaceful transition to democracy. <laughs> A NATO presence. Beyond that it recommends the deployment of up to two hundred unarmed military observers. I go to joke every time you say that unarmed military observers. I mean these are these are guys who are specialists in, in special forces, principally to monitor the process of dealing with forces loyalty fugitive leader uh, Colonel Mohammed, Mohammed or Gaddafi, as well as up to 190 UN police officers to help train local forces. All of this would be implemented only if requested by the Libyan transitional authorities. Now, the, trans- the transitional authorities, uh, as the, the government, they've already set t- together in the U.S. or Britain, uh, expatriates, in other words, uh, that they put back into their, that's the puppet government, in other words. Uh, everything is so rigged, isn't it? It's like a, It's like one of these bad movies, you know, every move that's coming before you see it. The document says it would go beyond the UN's capacity to deal with any major destabilization in Tripoli. In such a case, it says NATO will continue to play a role because its UN mandate to protect civilians does not end with the collapse of the Qaddafi regime. Now, I read the article a couple of days ago from Mr. Haas, the head of the Council on Foreign Relations, who admitted uh, that – because he got a big hand in this world government, you see, idea – uh, who admitted that uh, they didn't uh, that had nothing to do with with protecting civilians? They dreamed that up as, a, as a, an excuse to get in with NATO. So there's not you'll never get a clear, honest answer from these guys at the top, and you've got to really uh, almost censor stuff out yourself that's rubbish and meant to bend your mind or confuse it, and find the little bits of details which may be true, may or may not be true, and. I talked so much about the, how we're being dehumanized and contaminated as a term that the communists, a uh, specialist used about culture, how it'd have to contaminate society. And Besmanov, that came over, Yuri Besmanov came over from the KGB in the 70s and 80s, talked about, uh, that, that when they came over, he came over he says he couldn't believe they're so ecstatic at how well their agenda had worked as people were engaged more in sex and less in marriage, which is the old, old agenda. And they managed to actually incur it. And, uh, and eventually life became secondary because abortion became popular. Uh, so there's not enough contamination people can get, actually. I think you go past a certain point and then you're just completely debauched. And even the language that people use amongst themselves now, are just, it's just like the movies which they copy, is utterly debauched. But uh, they're going further and further and further. To teach you, you see, there's nothing special about you at all. Remember what um, Huxley's brother, Julian Huxley, when he was the, the CEO of UNESCO, that wonderful organization the United Nations, what he said is, has got to knock man off his pedestal and teach him that he isn't such a high and mighty being compared with all the other animals. Well, this is all part of it, and folk are getting taught this all the time without even realizing it, because, again, you adapt, and you don't think. But uh, here's an article, again, I read about this when it first came out, and here's the latest on the same, and I think it's even the same, funeral home. New body liquefaction unit unveiled at the Florida funeral home. I'm pretty sure it was the same one that was was building it at the time. As it is a Glasgow-based company has installed its first commercial alkaline hydrolysis unit at a Florida funeral home. The unit by Resumation Limited is billed as a green alternative. You can say green about anything, eh? You could get green bullets and machine gunners all down. Anyway, a green alternative to cremation and works by dissolving the body in heated alkaline water. The facility has been installed at the Anderson McQueen Funeral Home in St. Petersburg and will be used for the first time in the coming weeks. It's hoped other units will follow in the US, Canada and Europe. Makers claim the process produces a third less greenhouse gas than cremation, uses a seventh of the energy and allows for the complete separation of dental amalgam for safe disposal. Isn't that wonderful? I guess your teeth will go green too. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. We're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, talking about dehumanization, how you're taught to be dehumanized and, and maybe even feel quite good about it, in fact. Uh, but it's also how companies cash in on all, especially the chemical industry, you know, it's well known for that kind of thing, but they cash in on all that the movements which are created by those who are going to take all your rights away from you. And you just mentioned green and all the rest of it and, and environmentalism and everybody's, oh, wow, it's like a sacred thing, isn't it? So anyway, uh, it goes on to say here, the makers claim the process produces a third less greenhouse gas, isn't that wonderful, than cremation, uses a seventh of the energy and allows for complete separation for, of dental amalgam for safe disposal. You understand that means that somebody's going to in there with a pair of pliers yanking them out. So that's what that means, complete separation of dental amalgam for safe disposal. Mercury from amalgam, here's again that they're greeny, they're only doing it to help the planet, you see. Mercury from amalgam vaporizing crematoria, so so that it's it's hitting their competitors, is blamed for up to 16% of UK airborne mercury emissions, which is rubbish, because you see, and all the the, the stuff they're using with the fake sucrose they put in all your candies and everything else too, they, they do that by putting over vapor baths, vapor of mercury that's one of the biggest causes. Another one is smashed bulbs for uh, these wonderful uh, yellow, uh, al- almost glowing things that they give you, the enviro-friendly ones. That's where the rest comes from. It's full of uh, point, uh, mercury vapour and the factories that make the stuff. Re- Resumation was developed in response to the public's increasing environmental... What, the public were up in arms about that? Did you hear about that? I never heard about that. Did you? Where was that? See, this, this is rubbish. This is a handout to the papers to push something they want us all to get used to. Anyway, company founder Sandy Sullivan lied to the BBC, told to the BBC News it gives them that working third choice, which allows them to express those concerns in a very positive and, I think, personal way. Remember their first ad says you can pour granny in your back garden and it'll help things grow? Remember that? I read that last year. This relation was only made possible after the state legislature in Florida approved the use of the technology, one of seven U.S. states in which the process has now been legalized. The system works by submerging the corpse, I say corpse, they say body, in a solution of water and potassium hydroxide, which is then pressurized to 10 atmospheres and heated to 180 degrees centigrade for between two and a half and three hours. I guess you kind of cook it that way. Body tissue is dissolved and liquid poured into the municipal water supply. Isn't that wonderful? Into your system, that's recycling. It's so clean, you can just pour it right in there, you see, and you're drinking everybody. Mr. Sullivan, a biochemist by training, says tests have proven the effluent is sterile and contains no DNA and poses no environmental risk. Really? What well, about all the alkaloids and all the rest of it? You know, don't drink some of that stuff. The last drink you'd ever have. The bones are then removed from the unit and processed in a, in a cremulator, which means something that smashes it to pieces. That's what it means, cremulator. <laughs> Following cremation. And, um, Mercury, including mercury and uh, artificial joints and implants, are safely recovered. The guy who does the gardening also carries suppliers. pliers. Uh, The machine is patented in Europe with patents pending in other countries. Anyway, uh, it won't be long before they'll they'll convince you that this stuff is just soylent green. Just like soylent green. Call it green and it's going to be wonderful and it's safe to eat and all the rest of it. And there you go. eh? There you go. They can sell anything, you know. You could sell; these guys could sell you know, refrigerators to Eskimos. They just cash in all the the good, the pro-political slang of the time, and away they go. Now, most folk don't know that their own uh, banks, all the banks that you are given as a choice of the banks, which I think are all related in more ways than one, um, are actually using your cash in the arms trade, and every other trade, of course. As soon as you deposit it, they've got invest it invested somewhere else with it at a much bigger interest rate. And then it gives you a paltry 2.5% back at the end of the year. Anyway, news research today reveals that all of Britain's main high street banks are using customers' money to finance the weapons industry, including the sale of cluster bombs which kill and maim innocent civilians. The report launched by the Anti-Poverty Charity War, uh, this, is, this is the joke here too, as you read things, be careful. Uh, the, the charity at war on want uh, as UN Disarmament Week starts so the UN's behind NATO and NATO is a part of the UN and they've been over there slaughtering folk for the last quite a few months actually so you understand how they can tie things together and make it sound so sweet huh? so the UN Disarmament Fund uh, is, is also in charge of NATO that slaughters double speak eh, and double think for folk who still believe in the United Nations Anyway, it's supposed for the first time how the lenders back the arms trade with billions of pounds from consumer savings and current accounts. Uh, Warren Want says its evidence will increase public mistrust of banks. I don't, I don't know if they, they need any mistrust of banks, which has soared amidst the current, the current financial crisis, meaning plunder. The charity is calling on the British government to move towards leg, regulation that would stop high street banks funding the arms trade. Well, that good luck. Because I don't care even if they wrote something in writing, they'd find backdoors to get around it because government's uh, what can you say? Also too, Veteran Russell said years ago they'd have to get Madison Avenue on their side to push this whole socialist doctrine because they were they were the, the, the experts on understanding mass psychology for, for sales reasons. But everybody's in on it. Even your local police station will have someone assigned to public relations, which is a new name for propaganda. It says health service pays spin doctors more than the cancer experts. I, I don't like calling them cancer experts because I don't think there are any experts on cancer be honest with you. Anyway, the National Health Service is paying spin doctors more than the experts in charge of cancer and screening and patient care. It emerged yesterday. Craig said it was an example of the waste and skewed priorities rife in the Health Service at a time when it's supposed to be making efficiency savings. In the past four years, Primary Care Trust and health authorities across England have spent £182 million on communications public relations. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network, because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the Matrix, reading an article about Britain, really, and England, and how they spend 182 million pounds on their communications departments, that's public relations to the general public through ads on television, uh, employing 491 full-time media professionals. That's propaganda, spin merchants. Every country does it. I remember Canada. I think they spent 40 million, is more than that last year, uh, on maybe just in Ontario, just on, on how wonderful the healthcare was to make us feel better. That's what Bertrand Russell says. He says the public will will eventually. Um, feel really good about themselves and and the country they're living in, they'll be happy because the government will tell them they are. And it's true, it works, doesn't it? But anyway, here here they're slashing back uh, all kinds of things with the National Health Service and spending £182 million on propaganda media professionals. It says, uh, even in 2010 to 11, when health bosses were complaining about the threat of cuts to frontline services, they found £44.3 million pounds to lavish on spin and public relations. In the last few, full year in which Labour held power, the bill was £50 million. Pounds. So in other words, the worse thing things get, you see, the more propaganda they feed you to tell you how wonderful it is. It's, it's so simple, but it works. And most folk who, who never think much about things just... Oh, that's nice. The most serious example of misplaced priorities was at Yorkshire and Humber Strategic Health Authority. Carol Milner, the Director of Communications and Public Relations, was paid £128,600 in 2009-10. Yet the organisation's National Cancer Screening Director was paid £160,000, while the Director of Patient Care earned £127,200. So... It's not bad having spin doctors because they, it does work. People don't think to even question what they're hearing. E- even if their eyes tell them something completely different to the, the story or personal experience, they, they don't want to, to to really believe it. Interesting one in the U.S. too, because I, I don't believe you, re- you really have any um, decent police out there anymore or, and, and, and police stations. It's much like politics once you move in. Some politicians that left uh, Canadian politics, actually, especially one in in Ontario, mentioned this in one of his books. He says that uh, he was offered bribes right off the the start, little things into the honey pot where where the taxpayers' money comes. They're all helping themselves, but they want to see if he would help themselves. Then they could trust you. But he wouldn't go along with it. Then he tried to set him up in different scenarios. And it, that didn't work either. And then he got out of politics and he said that, uh, if you don't get out, they'll set you up and scandalize you. That's the reality of it, you see. Everything is corrupt. Corruption is the normality. And it's the same in the police stations too, as they, you know, they, they take, um, drugs that they find different things and, and pocket it or sell it off again or, or whatever they do with it. But, uh, in this day and age, where greed is held to be the greatest, really, virtue, I think, um, since we all are supposed to worship the ultra wealthy, that's all you see in television: celebrities. So, celebrities are ultra wealthy, people, people literally worship them because they feel at that, that level of of financial cash, and and uh, and it gives you a security blanket against all the things that you're terrified of: poverty, uh, failure to pay pay rents, can't pay rent, can't pay mortgage all can't pay medical bills. And so you put these people above them, and that's why you worship them. And people do worship them, and that's the reason why. If the same person was, if they were broke as you, you wouldn't have the time of day for them. And it's the same in the police departments too. Narcotics wiretap catches a voice that may be sheriff's captains. Bernice Bernice Abram, who is in charge of the LA County Sheriff's Carson Station, as on leave while authorities try to determine whether the female voice heard in several recorded conversations is hers. It says um, it says here in this article that uh, when feudal a uh, feudal I should use feudal instead of federal agency eavesdropped he, in the telephone conversations of several drug trafficking suspects. They heard talk of marijuana sales, money transfers, and cross-country drug shipments. They may also have detected something far more surprising, a Los Angeles County sheriff's captain. Law enforcement sources have confirmed that Bernice Abram, who was in charge of the sheriff's Carson station, was put on leave after federal authorities notified sheriff's officials that their captain may have been heard on the narcotics wiretap. Officials are trying to determine whether her's is the voice on the recording, and if so, what relationship she had with the suspects, according to the sources, who spoke on the condition of anonymity because the case was ongoing. But they they can tell exactly if it's her voice or not, because you see every person in the country, uh, already in databases at the federal level, they've got your voice print. You have a voice print, and it's pretty well unique to you. That's it. So they know if it's her or not. Anyway, she's been on long leave since April, along with her niece, a sheriff's custody, as assistant named Chantel White. I guess maybe she had something to do with it too. And this is probably this is fairly typical. It ties in with an article I read just the other day about another sheriff on the border too. And then again, Michigan is going ahead to get flu shot or get fired. At the hospital it says. Uh, this is, this is how they're training folk. Now, now it's getting down to the stage of just want to, they just want to do what they do in Africa with the World Health Organization. They just get the army turn guns on the children, force them to have shots. And I'm not kidding about that. Not kidding. A major Northern Michigan healthcare group has issued an ultimatum for employees, get a flu shot by December the 31st or get fired. Munson Healthcare, which includes its flagship Munson Medical Center in Traverse City, says individual rights must be sacrificed. Listen to this. Individual rights must be sacrificed for the welfare of parents, uh, of patients whose health could be threatened if exposed to flu. Well, the fact is, you see, if you've given all your, your patients the shot, they should be immune to whoever, who has the flu. Right? They should be completely, isn't that the theory of, is once you've got the shot, then you're immune to it? Actually, I think we should sue the folk who have had the shot because they spread it. They spread it's a live virus generally and it takes off in their body. And for the first two weeks, and I've read the articles here, they're shedding the virus wherever they go. They're threatening the ones who haven't got the flu shot. Senate so anyway, Medical Center Chief Operating Officer Kathleen McManus tells Traverse City Record Eagle that officials decided to make it mandatory because voluntary compliance has never topped 65%. So, it's, there you go. Go along or they fire you. Now, we've all heard too about Bill Gates and the great plans they've got. It's an amazing thing. I mean, Oprah and all these characters and Gates, they all tend to, uh, the Lucky Gene Club, they call it, the special club where it's all about depopulation, sterilization across the world, bringing the population down along with Mr. Rockefeller who belongs to it as well. And, and here they are gonna give everybody drugs to stop and get malaria. They care, but they wanna kill you. They care, but they wanna kill you. I mean, which one is it here? Here's a little clue. Infection surge raises doubts over Gates' plan to beat malaria, right? The sudden resurgence of malaria in part of West Africa after, after a campaign successfully reduced transmission. That was, that was the Gates PR at the time has raised alarm about the global uh, strategy to eliminate the disease that claims almost one million lives a year. So the sudden resurgence after he gone through the waste campaign, and it's worse than ever. Growing resistance to a common insecticide used against mosquitoes, combined with falling immunity amongst the population as, tr- as transmission declined, appears to have triggered a rebound in the case. Now what happened to the people... To make, to make them, uh, basically their immune system fall apart. Well, they all had Mr. Gates shots. You see. Haven't we heard this story before? Haven't we heard this story before? Hmm? Just two and a half years after the campaign successfully cut the number of cases, they have risen even higher than before the program was launched. Well, that makes sense to me. Amongst adults and older children, the finding raises doubts about the worldwide strategy led by Bill Gates to wipe out malaria, that he wants to wipe some out alright, by distributing insecticide treated bed nets and effective drugs to the 2.5 billion people who live in higher risk areas around the globe. The world's biggest philanthropist threw down a challenge, to the global health community in 2007, to eliminate the disease in his lifetime. Funding from all sources for malaria controls, following his intervention to more than $10 billion, 100-fold rise in a decade. More than 300 million bed nets. I wonder what else they do with these chemical nets. It's probably sterilize you, but you. Definitely destroy your immune system. Stuff like that. Anyway, I just thought I'd toss that out there for those who are still following what's happening in the rest of the world. And... I mentioned two last week, and I'm going again, in Baltimore homes for $10,000. You can buy them in less. Housing prices continue to fall through much of the region, with some of the most striking examples in city neighborhoods. I'll put that up there tonight, too, at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And um, just to go on with that one, it says, U.S. government asset seizures are on the rise. The Wall Street Journal published a disturbing article this week entitled Federal Asset Seizures Rising, uh, Netting Innocent with the Guilty. You can imagine the crux of the article. In the US, there are hundreds of regulations which authorize dozens of federal agencies to confiscate private property, which is homes, cars, bank accounts, gold, company shares, and even personal effects. Ironically, most Americans still think that they live in a country where you're innocent until proven guilty. I don't know who they are. They probably watch all the soaps. Nothing could be further from the truth, and it's just another clear example of how the U.S. Constitution has become a worthless piece of toilet paper for the federal government. The Fifth Amendment states that no person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Tell that to James Leto, a New York businessman who was relieved of $392,000 when the armored car company used his check-cashing firm, uh, by his check-cashing um, used, used check firm was taken down by the FBI. Leto was innocent and not implicated in any wrongdoing, but the FBI took his money regardless, as it just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And it gives you different examples of different people who lost lots and lots of cash as the government goes and pl- It not just the, the, the Middle Eastern plundering. You understand? They've got lots of plans left for you at home. That's for you that still own some property at all, that is. And that's the world you're living in. You're living in an authorized plunder where the pirates have got a firm grip on everything. And everything out there is a fair game, basically. Pre-war Iraq is not a threat to the UK, says a former MI5 boss. Well, we knew that, too. They can tell us years after, see. Iraq posed no threat to the UK when then-Prime Minister Tony Blair took Britain to war in 2003, uh, former MI5 boss Baroness Manningham Butler or Buller has said. In a Radio Times interview, Baroness Manning, other oh, scholar Madame Butler-Buller and cut out the Manningham part, said the service-advised war uh, was likely to increase the domestic threats and was a distraction from the pursuit of al-Qaeda but she said it was for others to decide whether the war was a mistake. She also said she assumed there would be another terrorist attack on Britain. Uh, she, she, she was director General of the MI5 from October 2002 until retirement in April 2007, and she'll deliver the 2011 BBC Wreath Lectures uh, talks later this week. She told the Radio Times Iraq did not present a threat to the UK. So... When you want to attack a country, you just get all the usual uh, organisations to say, "Oh my God, they're slaughtering their own people," and it doesn't have to be true at all, and generally isn't. And that gives them a, a, that's to get all the public behind them. Remember, the first casualty of of uh, war is, is the truth, because you must get the public behind you, even if they don't really understand it. Get them behind you, and get them nasty scenarios that are happening abroad, and we must go in and save them. And it's been used for hundreds and hundreds of years and it still works awfully well today. Another article tonight too is Science of Vaccine Damage. Science of Vaccine Damage by Catherine O'Driscoll. A team at Purdue University School of Veterinary Medicine conducted several studies to determine if vaccines can cause change in the immune system of dogs that might lead to life threatening immune uh, mediated diseases. Because you understand everyone who's had vaccinations before, all us humans We've all got compromised immune systems. They're not working properly, They're less than half. And so they use animals, too. They obviously conducted this research because concern already existed. It was sponsored by the Haywood Foundation, which was looking for evidence that such damage in the human immune system might also be vaccine-induced. It found the evidence. The vaccinated, uh, but not the non-vaccinated dogs in the Purdue studies developed auto-antibodies to many of their own biochemicals, including fibrinonectin, uh, laminin, DNA, albumin, uh, cytochrome, and cardiopilin, lipin, and collagen. And that's all the connective tissue, folks. That, that's why everyone gets arthritis. That's why all the animals now get arthritis, early. This means that the vaccinated dogs, but not the non-vaccinated dogs, were, attacked, were attacking their own fibronectin, which is involved in tissue repair, Cell multiplication and growth and differentiation between tissues and organs in a living organism. So the, the, your, your immune what's left of your immune system will attack itself. You understand? It attacks all. When you're trying to repair itself and, and renew your own cells, it attacks them. The vaccinated Purdy dogs also developed auto-antibodies to uh, laminin, which is involved many cellular activities, including adhe- the adhesion, spreading differentiation, proliferation, and movement of cells. Vaccines thus appear to be capable of removing the natural intelligence of cells. Well, I'll tell you what else you can do. It can program your antibodies to attack certain cells. So I'll put this link up too. Now, I'll see who is hanging on the line here. And uh, I think I've got John from New York City. Are you there, John? Hello. Yes. Can you, can you hear me? I can. Yeah. Uh, my neighbor complained about a high cable bill, and I told her I won't even buy a TV, so I don't have to go through that. Just wasting money on a cable bill. And my neighbor shockingly said, he literally said. Well, you need some type of noise playing all the time. What are you going to do? Can mm-hmm. you comment on that, please? A lot of folk can. They can't get to sleep, in fact. Lots of folk can't get to sleep nowadays without television being left on. And Because they've been brought up that way. And there's not a moment in your life, unless literally you're not driving the car or you're driving the car without radio, uh, that they don't listen to it. They don't listen. To, they listen to radio. They're talking on their cell phones all the time, constant chatter. And uh, then they're watching TV or playing playing games or, or scouring the internet. It's constant, constant other people's thoughts that you're hearing, not your own. So in, a, in effect, you're not even using your own intellect whatsoever. Uh, you, you're 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 switched off basically. You're like a, you're like a receiver, and that's all you get is stuff coming in, but nothing going out. So but I do know lots of people who cannot uh sleep uh without television left on all night long, and that's from the young to to the elderly yeah i've 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 had i've I know people that they go to sleep with 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 the t v on yeah. and I also know people that they always have to have a radio on and if you turn off the t v it becomes this big dilemma. Yeah. Some of them actually will wake up if you turn off the TV. You you think, they think they just carry on sleeping, but it actually, they'll wake up. Because it's missing in the background. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you can't really help these people. They, they, they're, they're too, they're too far gone, I think, personally. But thanks for calling. Yeah. Take care. I'll be back after these messages. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the metrics and we'll go to Jane in Ontario. Are you there, Jane? Hello? I was going to comment um, on the changes with regard to dealing with human remains. Yeah. Um, In the past few years I've noticed that many of the old cemeteries around here, um, like in the Ontario area, um, they've had all the old tombstones moved and grouped together into a small area. Mm Mm-hmm or incorporated into a fence around the cemetery, and um, I was thinking that this seems like it could be a first step in reclaiming land that's been taken up by cemeteries. Uh, They've already done that in some areas uh, in in Canada and other parts of the world, so nothing is sacred, in other words, nothing is permanent, and uh, they've done that already, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's all. I just I had noticed that, and I just wondered if that's what they were up to. Yeah, they'll probably sell the land to someone that can afford it. But thanks for calling. And there's there's also Tom from Wisconsin. you there, Tom? Yeah, I'm here, Alan. And uh, I was calling tonight because in the past I've called your show, and one of my last calls I mentioned that I was going to move to a farm, an organic farm, and I did that this summer. Uh And um, I just want to encourage anybody who's listening now to, if you haven't already, begin your planning for your food supply as far as growing your own food because with Fukushima and that incredible amount of radiation that will be burned and put up into the atmosphere and brought over the North American continent. Um, We're all in for some very interesting times. And the future that's been planned for many of us um, by the the elite, by the technocrats, a la Brave New World 1984, it looks like it might actually come to fruition with this radioactive fallout. I wanted to get your opinion on that. You're right. I mean, they've officially they've admitted that uh, this this could keep melting down for 10 years before they can encase it at all. Obviously, anything left them to encase, but 10 years, they said, and it's still giving off a radiation Uh, And all the countries, are are, they pulled all their sites down for the public to see what the radiation level is coming across Canada, the U.S. and elsewhere. So um, it was high, very high, way above uh, normal or safe levels before they pulled their sites. And each time I put new sites up, governmental sites, uh, even UN ones and so on, they kept pulling them down. And so it's it's bad. There's no doubt about it. It's bad. It will accomplish a lot of goals, I'm sure. And you'll never see the kinds of, uh, of t- uh, medication or, or, or medical treatment that the leak gets. You'll never, ever see of it, never mind hear of it, because there's, there's always three levels of everything in this world, and it's re- in the real world. And at the top level, they have means of extracting or neutralizing so many things. I read on the air about the pills that were available, which would stop uh, genetic mutations from happening in radiation. That was a, a middle-level one. There's ones even higher than that. Uh, so they never, they didn't sit on their haunches in the 1940s when they were making atomic bombs. They were, the elite were making sure that whatever exists in the world, they must have an antidote to it. So they put billions and billions of your tax money across the world into research to make sure. But because it's expensive and they don't want you to live for one th- for another thing, uh, you'll never ever see of those particular treatments. And they can drive around in their, in their special air conditioned and filtered uh, limos all the time and into their filtered buildings but you can't afford that because they, they do use radiation proof filtering and many other little tricks that they get up to but um i could go on and on about that but um what's the point see? Eh? but yeah you should stock up and get ready for your your own food etc grow what you can and it, it certainly will be more nutritious than the rubbish of buying out at the grocery store which is disgusting from Hamish myself, from Ontario, Canada, as good night to me. Your God or your gods, go with you.